Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Floss Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Floss Weekly with Randall Schwartz and Aaron Newcomb. Episode 162 for April 20th, 2011. Jitsi. This episode of Floss Weekly is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. It's time for Floss Weekly, the show about free, libre, open-source software. I'm your host, Randall Schwartz, Merlin at Stonehenge.com, bringing you every week the movers, the shakers, the big people, the little people, the projects you've heard a lot about, the projects you haven't heard so much about, which maybe apply even today's project. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and bring on our co-host, Aaron Newcomb. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Always good to be here in the cottage. I brought some bagels, but... You're not here to eat them, so you got to get live here sometime. <laughs> I'm only about 300 miles south of you. I think it's a it's quite a long drive, like about an eight hour drive, yeah. about a two hour flight. So it's it's a little tough for me to bounce up to the cottage just to do this show. I'm actually again at my uh, new client here in L.A. Actually, not quite L.A. It's Culver City Media Temple. And if you watch some of the previous shows and you're watching the show on the video, you might notice this doesn't look quite like it did before. They actually uh, the room that I'm normally in it was uh, unfortunately not available. So uh, you know. I, as sort of a serendipitous event, I decided to go check out what other rooms are available here. And uh, this room is, is more of a, I don't know, sort of a ready room, kind of an open room. There's actually a cot over there. I guess people, <laughs> you know, well, you know, these guys work three shifts over here. They do support for Media Temple. And yeah. so they're, they work three shifts. And so occasionally they'll, they'll go in and I guess go lay down on the cot over here if they get a little slow or they get a little busy here. Um, so it's kind of nice. Uh, I'm also using a new headset. Uh, this is uh, I replaced the old clunky one that was over the head here with a nice new sort of modern looking one that goes behind the ears. So sort of trying to get that. Hope the sound's coming out okay. I guess we'll find out as the show goes on. Uh, we have a guest today, a really cool guest. Um, uh, this project is originally known as the, uh, 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 formerly the... Uh-oh, SIP Communicator. It? SIP Communicator. There you go. Hey, thanks for reading the show notes. Formerly <laughs> <laughs> known as SIP Communicator, now called Jitsi. We're going to have to ask him why the name changed. But uh, So formerly called SIP Communicator, it, his name is Emil Ivov, and I believe he's been the project leader since nearly the beginning, if not all the way back to the beginning. And what SIP Communicator, what Jitsi does is it is a, it is a SIP Communicator. It, it allows you to have voice over IP calls but and video over IP calls and also I think it replaces something like uh, say uh, ADM or um, uh, what's the other one that uses the purple lib it was uh, um, you mentioned it well, anyway, so it's, it, it basically replaces uh, text uh, IMS protocols as well. So should be a pretty interesting project. Um, but before we do that, I am so happy. We have a sponsor again. Yay, sponsors. And it's one of my favorite, uh, favorite vendors, Netflix. I use Netflix all the time. It's a very, very cool thing to use. Let me read my copy here. That's probably the best way to go about this. So Netflix is, uh, uh, this episode of Floss Weekly is, in fact, brought to you by Netflix. Netflix delivers movies directly to your home, and it saves you time, money, and hassle. You can instantly watch thousands of TV episodes and movies. 
or you can stream them directly to your PC or Mac. You can also stream them to your TV via Netflix-ready device, including an Xbox 360, a PS3, a Nintendo Wii, or a Roku. I have a Roku, and I also have a PS3, so I watch Netflix on both of those. You can also get DVDs by mail in about one business day. You watch as many movies as you want, anytime you want. There's never any late fees, never any due dates. Uh, I really like Netflix because I'm on the road all the time, and you know sometimes the selection of the stuff they have in those uh, in the TV, on the cable system, whatever is there, is not very good. So I just whip out my laptop, I pull up Netflix. I've been watching a lot of great shows lately. One of the things I just saw recently they've added is a lot of old classic television. You can see shows like Twilight Zone, the original series. In fact, I picked up that show, uh, let's see, what my favorite one of that was uh, uh, To Serve Man, and I just arbitrarily pulled it up last night and watched it on my Netflix streaming. They have the original Adams Family, the classic Mission Impossible shows, all of those. Rockford Files, Hawaii Five-0. You have to be as old as I am to remember all these shows, but it's great that you can just pull those up, plus uh, uh, fairly recent movies, a whole variety and selection, and so on. So Netflix works for me. So you can instantly watch shows like that or choose from thousands of TV episodes and other movies when you register for a free trial membership. You go to netflix.com slash twit, T-W-I-T, and you can get a 30-day free trial. Be sure to sign up for it, and we do thank Netflix for their support of Twit and Floss Weekly. Thank you, Netflix. So, uh, Aaron, any uh, comments about the guest before we bring him on? No, I'm really excited to talk about it because, uh, you know, one of my original, uh, my first real professional job was in telecommunications. Uh, and when I left that field to go into, uh, you know, enterprise IT, SIP, the protocol was just starting to take hold and, and uh, business telephone uh, manufacturers were just starting to implement it. So it's going to be really interesting to see how everything's evolved and, and how things are working uh, now that, uh, you know, we've progressed quite a, quite a ways from there. So let's go ahead and bring on our guest. Emo, welcome to the show. Hey, Rondo. Pleased to meet you. Good to see you. Good to see you. And I want to start out by apologizing right up front for making you fire up Skype. Oh, yeah, that, that was really a hard one. It took a lot of convincing, a lot of soul searching, but I finally thought that uh, participating in Floss Weekly is so much more important. And uh, here, here, here I am using Skype for the first time in my life. <laughs> and why is that? <laughs> what, what is Jitsi and why would it keep me from having to use Skype? Um, well, um, Jitsi is uh, an open source communicator that allows you to um, exchange instant messages uh, like many others. Uh, mm -hmm. have voice calls like some others and mm -hmm. have video calls in very good video quality um, like a few others. And you can do all that on all operating systems or maybe not all operating systems, but you can do it on uh, Windows, Linux and Mac OS X. And uh, there are very few others that allow you to do that in a completely open source way. Okay, so let's start with the basic functions then. So it, it would replace the other instant messaging tools that I would use. Like I before I found out about Adium, which I'm really happy with on OS X, um, I was using separate Yahoo Messenger, separate AIM communicator, and a, I don't remember what I was doing for like Gtalk or whatever. Maybe it wasn't even around back then. But I replaced all those with Adium, so I have this one interface now where I'm doing all my instant messaging. Is Jitsi similar to that, and could that replace my use of Adium? Um, yeah, uh, Adium is um, – there are a few tools like Adium that, that allow you to um, uh, use only a single application for all the, the instant messaging networks that you would like to connect to. Mm -hmm. And um, Adium is one of the very good ones. This is uh, this is an application that we like. They use the lib purple uh, that comes from the Pigeon project. And Jitsi mm -hmm. uh, is very much like that. But we have um, a, a greater focus on audio-video communication, which I believe at this point, point Adium don't 
have. Um, and this is not because I would like to uh, pick a winner between the two. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like the Aiden project. It's just that um, this is one of the differences that we have with them. We really focus a lot about uh, on the on the audio video communication. So let's step up to what that is then. So I, I, I definitely Adam doesn't have any kind of audio communication that I'm aware of unless there's some secret button here that I haven't found in the years that I've used it. So uh, the next step up in trying to have conversations with people is to actually speak to them in an audio stream. Uh, and I've used, um, I've used a couple of VoIP clients before. I'm trying to remember which ones I've used. Um, Oh, now I should have done the research for the show and pulled up what I normally do. Uh, one of the things I do is I participate on the VoIP users conference. I believe you have too as well. And so there's always talking about different VoIP clients to be able to get audio back and forth. Let's start um, by describing what VoIP is so that we can say how Adium support, or excuse me, how Jitsi is supporting that. Well, um, uh, sure. VoIP is the possibility for you to have uh, calls uh, where, the, uh, where the audio is routed entirely uh, through the internet. And um, the the first protocol that allowed you to do that, and that um, probably many of the viewers have heard of, is SIP. Uh, that came in the late 1990s, mm-hmm. and um, there were many uh, many great projects that support it. Uh, one of one of the um, one of the first ones was uh, that many of you probably know is No Meeting. That later renamed to Ikiga. Uh, mm-hmm. They actually started with another protocol called H323, but that doesn't really matter. They now support it. But they were mm-hmm. only available uh, for Linux in the beginning. Then there were rather open source projects like uh, Empathy or Blink or uh, mm. uh, what else is there? I, 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 can't, uh, I just can't currently think of, um, uh, of any more, but there are many. Um, and that was all happening with SIP. Um, so with SIP, basically, you have uh, it's, it works pretty much like email. You have your own SIP server, uh, mm-hmm. just like you would have your own mail server. And then someone else has uh, that the person that you would like to talk to might be uh, connected to the same server or to, to a server of their own. Um, you exchange signaling messaging th- messages through these servers, and the signaling messages are basically, hello, I would like to talk to you. And uh, the response would be, okay, I, I would also like to talk to you. And then these messages go, go through the servers. But the media, uh, that is the actual, the actual audio-video communication, goes directly end-to-end. And this is, a, this is very important because um, this is a major change from the, uh, from the classical the, uh, telecom model. Uh, because in there you would have a very uh, heavy infrastructure um, that, would, that would actually be the reason for the cost of the, uh, for the, cost of the service you would, you're getting with, um, with regular providers. Um, and well, in the internet, uh, with VoIP, you, the, the servers are actually responsible for routing the signaling only. Only those messages, hey, I would like to call you. Uh, no, I'm not available. Please call me at another server. All these messages call through the server. But these are short messages. These are, these are like instant text messages. All the heavy stuff is supposed to go directly, at least in theory. So that's how, that's how SIP was born. Okay, now so let me let me bring it back to what I recognize from text messaging, is that um, when I'm text when I'm logged into say uh, AIM or, or Yahoo or or GTalk or any one of those protocols, uh, I'm doing this by um, uh, connecting up to whatever their server is, and I have a registration there. In other words, my username or my uh, my email name or whatever at the, with these servers, with these Jabber servers and so on. Now, uh, when I'm sending text messages back and forth. I'm actually sending it to their server, and their server is relaying it back to whoever I'm talking to. Exactly, right, but exactly. O- but occasionally, when I say, say some, send media, so like if I want to send like a picture or a sound or something, 
uh, I see these messages on, on Adium that say direct connection being made. Is this similar to what you're talking about where now for some somehow my my uh, my machine is actually talking directly to their machine bypassing um, uh, uh, Google's mess, uh, servers? Yes, that's exactly it. Then the point is to make uh, to make those servers uh, to take as much load as possible out of those servers. Yes, uh, you can use the same direct connections for file transfer. That's actually a very popular um, um, uh, application where uh, end-to-end connectivity has been has been important. And the the one thing because. Um, when we're talking about that, people are probably asking themselves, okay, so why aren't we using direct connections all the time for uh, even for the instant messages themselves? Uh, why, why do we have to go through servers at all? And uh, there's one, uh, uh, the, re- the reply to this is actually very simple. It is not traversal. There are those things on the internet called NATs. Uh, that you need to to handle. And most of the time when you relay uh, stuff through servers, whether it is file transfer or audio video calls, it's because of not traversal. Okay, yeah, I want to really come back to that in a minute, but I just want to get sort of the sure. basics of, of communication first. So so just taking us one step further then, what VoIP is letting me do is similar to that directly sending a, uh, a, 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 a like a, a message, not a message, but an audio piece or a video piece or a, a, a picture, but doing it in a continuous stream. So rather than just being, here's a chunk of data and now you've downloaded it, to actually be able to communicate back and forth through, through uh, real-time uh, packets translated into some sort of protocol, right? Yes, that's it. That's all there is to it. Okay, and... and I, I I wanted to get a little geeky for a second here. I'm I'm just I'm curious about how it deals with like propagation delays and, and drop packets because how does but maybe we'll get into that later. I just, I'm I'm curious about all this stuff, but uh, I, I just sure. want to make sure that people understood sort of the basics. So so for so for what uh, Jitsi is doing, it's doing a similar sort of thing. We're registering ourselves with some sort of. Uh, place to have a, a username and, a, and, and, a, and a, an account, essentially, and then other people who want to get a hold of us will then uh, register themselves to the server and say, now I want to talk to Randall. And then right. so Jitsi's, right. Jitsi's then setting up using SIP, uh, is setting up this, uh, this re- streaming communication back and forth, and this stream can contain either audio or video or, or both. Yes, so um, it can contain audio, video, both. Uh, there are, in, in the case of, a, of an audio, video communication, there would actually be two separate streams. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I would uh, that I would like to clarify here is that um, SIP is indeed one of the alternatives that Jitsi supports, but Jitsi can also do that uh, with other protocols like XMPP, for example, which is a protocol used by um, uh, Google Talk. And another thing that's important is that I would be connecting to a server with Jitsi uh, and... Um, the server could be um, any anyone's. It's, it's not related to Jitsi in any way. It's a, it's a standard SIP or XMPP server, and others would be connecting to other servers as long as they federate properly on the internet and they can talk to each other uh, using the standardized protocols that we support. Then everything would uh, would just work. So talk about that for a little bit. That was going to be my question. Actually, is uh, how important it seems very important in this case that there are standardized protocols, not only open source protocols, but also industry standard protocols like SIP. So can you talk about that a little bit? What what protocols are you using? Um, and maybe call out those that are, you know, the open source libraries that you're using, but also what industry standard protocols make this actually work? And is there anything that you had to write yourself besides the interface, of course, 
um, you know, to get it all working? What bits and components did you have to write or, or the team that works on this have to write? Sure. Um, so, yes, uh, open source protocols are extremely important um, and uh, it, for many reasons. Um, the, one of the most obvious ones is that, uh, like right now, for example, uh, Rando, you mentioned that uh, when when you were using IME or Yahoo, you were connecting to uh, the Yahoo service or the IME service, and all your contacts were connecting to the same service. And um, if if you want, if you wanted to have um, maybe um, some users of your own or some permissions of your own, then that wasn't really possible. Uh, that's why standardized protocols came up, like like SIP and XMPP. Um, so. This is one of the reasons why they are important. In Jitsi, we support both of these. The libraries that we are using um, are for um, SIP, uh, for the SIP protocol. We're using JSIP, uh, which was previously called JaneSIP and which was started by the NIST um, Institute in, in the States, but it's currently um, an open source project that many people contribute to. Um, we that, That's a great stack. We've, we didn't need to change anything there. Um, and... Um, one thing that's important is that it only takes care of the signaling. Again, it doesn't do uh, it doesn't do any of the media exchanging, the video capture, uh, the audio transcoding, the audio encoding, video encoding. Um, similarly, for XMPP support, we are using the SMAC library um, and. Um, the SMAC library? A, SMAC? Yes, SMAC. Okay. That's, uh, it's developed by the Ignite real-time community. Uh, it was actually contributed to the community by the by Jive Software. It's a great library. We're, we're really very happy with it. And again, similarly to NIST, uh, to NIST's JSIP, it only takes care of signaling. It doesn't do media. Um, and that's, that's actually how it should be because signaling protocols are separate from the media exchange. So uh, interestingly, both of these, I believe, uh, are uh, integrated in Android currently as the default um, XMPP and SIP communications mechanisms. I uh, have no relation to Google, so I might be mistaken, but this is my impression. Um, so the one place that we had to do a lot of work uh, was the media. As I said, none, none of these uh, none of these libraries have um, have support for media, so we had to we had to use another way of exchanging the um, the actual audio and video streams. And there is a tool for Java um, that's, um, that's called JMF, the Java Media Framework, that was supposed to do that, but that was then dumped by, uh, by Sun um, around 2003. 2003. It didn't see any, uh, any upgrades for a while. So uh, we had to build upon uh, and, and add whatever was missing to, to the Java Media Framework. Um, well, um, happily, it was uh, it was a very well written framework that allowed us to uh, easily plug outside components for uh, capturing, for uh, modifying the way RDP packets are sent, so that we can uh, we can provide um, more complex ways for for communicating. And um, also, uh, a bit light, uh, a bit um, a bit later, there was the uh, the FMJ project, which is Free Media for Java, which is uh, a free alternative for the um, uh, for JMF, um, which we could uh, which we could later adopt, and um, we we um, most of the work that we had to do around GT was 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 about that was about exchanging audio and video. Right, right, and and of course the interface, like we mentioned, one thing that sure. I I've noticed as I'm installing the uh, the Windows version at this point, I'm on Windows on my laptop, and one thing that I notice is that uh, you do support Windows, Linux. 
um, Mac OS and with a little work, it sounds like FreeBSD as well. Yes, yes. Actually, FreeBSD would run, uh, currently you would be able to, to run the project from sources. We just don't distribute binaries. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's partially because we are developed in Java, but not entirely because many of our components are developed in, in, native, um, in native languages, like right. uh, all the, all the uh, audio capture and playback. Um, use native libraries. We use Port Audio, and the Port Audio library uh, that does exactly that, audio capture and playback, um, runs on all these operating systems. So we just take the corresponding binaries and we redistribute them uh, for, for the corresponding operating system. Of course, Port Audio is also open source. Uh, we use FFmpeg for uh, uh, the video encoding and decoding. We Yay. use... <laughs> I love FFmpeg. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay. Well, we're very happy with it. It's very efficient. It's um, it's simply the the, the de facto standard in uh, in audio video uh, yeah. um, encoding. Absolutely. So I've got another question for you, which is, um, it, it looks like you also support um, uh, sharing of the desktop to yes uh, to other, and th- and that's something that you don't usually find. Well, you're starting to now. Uh, with some of the clients, but you certainly didn't see this in any of the Linux clients that I'm aware of um, uh, until just recently. So, talk about that. Was that very difficult to implement, or or was it uh, was it relatively easy? That was very fun to implement. I suppose it was also somewhat uh, difficult, but it was mostly fun. Um, so, the the cool thing about the way we do desktop streaming is that. Um, we don't use any of the um, uh, typical solutions that you would generally do desktop streaming with. We don't use VNC uh, or anything. We don't use any of the native protocols like, um, uh, what was the Windows one called? Uh, remote desktop. Right. Um, we, what we do is that we just capture uh, your screen uh, continuously and we send it as a video flow. So this is the desktop streaming part. Um, now, what's cool about that is that it would um, work with, any video client on the other side, you don't have to use Jitsi on the other side. Any video SIP client or XMPP client would be able to display your desktop. So that's um, that, that's one thing that we believe is very important. We don't want people to necessarily uh, oblige all their uh, contacts to switch to Jitsi so that they would show their desktop. Now, there is one part that is uh, Jitsi specific, and that's the desktop sharing part. What what we uh, the difference between those two is that desktop sharing allows you to interact with your uh, uh, with your buddies' um, desktop, type or uh, move the mouse and uh, push the, the press the click on the mouse buttons. Um, and in order to do those, we uh, uh, we send the messages, um, the uh, input events back through the signaling protocol. So the desktop goes one way. Uh, through the video channel, and then uh, the clicks and the keyboard pushes go th- uh, through the signaling service the other way. Um, so yeah, they go back through the service, but uh, just typing on the keyboard and moving your mouse around doesn't really generate that uh, that much traffic. Right, but it must be hard to to sync that up. Is it is it difficult to sync up? I mean, if if one if one aspect is going through a, a third third server. And and the video is not. Isn't it hard to sync up the the movement of the mouse so that it looks right uh, to me as I'm controlling someone else's desktop? Well, okay. So here's um, here's the secret uh, that I'm only telling to you. We don't sync up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually working quite well. Uh, why? Because people are um, quite tolerant to uh, to desktop sharing sessions. Um, of course, if it works as if it were your computer, 
then that would be great. And sometimes, sometimes it actually does. But when people are connecting to a computer that's on the other side of the world, uh, they don't necessarily expect the letter that they type to appear the millisecond that they typed it. Right. You know, they, they are tolerant to a, a 100 or 200 milliseconds delay. Um, and and yeah, so uh, just sending them through, uh, just sending the packet through the servers generally works uh, generally works quite well. Yeah, well yeah. enough. Exactly. I know. I've I've seen. Uh, I've used desktop sharing services, um, both uh, you know built in like our desktop um, from Microsoft, as well as I, I typically use VNC at home because uh, that works yeah. on everything. Um, and I've also used services like WebEx, WebEx, and uh, DimDim, and and other ones that allow you to do desktop viewing and desktop sharing. Um, and there's always a little bit of built-in delay. So you, you kind of, you, you're right, you do kind of come to expect it. And um, I guess the only problem would be is if there was a uh, a problem either, uh, especially with that third server, if, if for some reason that third server had a big problem, then you would just lose your ability to, I would imagine, to, to type and, and move the mouse at that point. But I guess that's the only risk. That probably doesn't happen too often. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen too often. If, and if it does happen, then uh, you can switch to another server that supports the same protocol and that, that has better connectivity, that is better suited for your region. Right, right. And the other thing I, I noticed about this, and I've got a couple more questions here, and this is really interesting to me. And I, I've got uh, Jitsi running right now. I, I've noticed that it, it, it. we talked about how it uses multiple protocols, but I guess what maybe what we did weren't explicit enough in and what I didn't realize is that it actually supports – um, all the different services, kind of like Pigeon does, as far as um, you know, MSN and Yahoo and AIM and, and or maybe I just wasn't listening when you were saying it, but you know, it, it supports <laughs> all of these all of these other services as well as the various protocols. So it's not just that you're using XMPP, for example, the protocol to make things happen, but you're actually supporting ICQ and, and AIM and, and as well as Jabber. Uh, which yes. uses XMPP. So I mean, so you you support all of this, and you're doing video, and you're doing desktop sharing. Um, this is fantastic. I don't know for some reason I, I haven't heard of this. I guess I have heard of SIP Communicator though, which was what it used to be called. Um, yes. And so that's that's where I've heard of it. But I, I guess I haven't looked at this in a while because this is really fantastic. Now, do you support um, uh, multiple video sessions at the same time? Could I do a video conference with Jitsi? So uh, this is on our roadmap. Uh, you would be, uh, I suppose, that by the end of the year, you would be able to have a video conference using Jitsi. Right now, you can only have an audio conference. Uh, okay. And you don't need, now the cool thing about this is that you don't need any support on the server. You can connect to any XMPP server like Google Talk or Java.org or uh, whatever. And um, you can just call all the people that you would like to talk to in a, in a conference. And Jitsi would do the mixing for you. Um, and it, it, it would just work. Um, Video conferences are supposed to work the same way, and we are hoping to have, to get that in uh, inside Jitsi by um, by the end of the year. Now, concerning the, those other protocols that you uh, that you mentioned, and um, this was actually uh, one of the reasons that we changed uh, the name of the project from SIP Communicator to Jitsi, uh, because we are no longer was no longer a SIP only communicator. We used to have a focus on SIP before, because SIP was the only protocol that we can do that we could do. Uh, audio and video sessions with, uh, but that changed after we implemented the same for uh, for Jabber for XMPP using the Jingo extensions, and um, we we can connect to all the other protocols too, even though it's only for for instant messaging. We do have plans for writing, and this should also happen before the end of the year, for writing support for audio video calls to MSN 
maybe Yahoo Messenger too, and we can we can talk a little bit about how they do uh, how they actually do their uh, audio video support because it's interesting they use they use SIP, um, but uh, this is not currently the case. And so um, to 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 sum it all up, Jitsi actually uh, means wires in Bulgarian. Uh, so it's like just as just as uh, as if Jitsi the the application would allow you to. Uh, throw to establish connections, different wires to all those different services. Right. So it, it wasn't. So you didn't change the name. You changed the name just because it's it's a better name. Basically, there was no uh, lost pending lawsuit or something like that. Oh no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, and that is, um, you know, are you working on getting this running on you? And you mentioned Android already that that they use some of the default. Uh, by default, they use some of the protocols that you're using. I'm just kind of curious, is there any any uh, uh, work going on to get this running on um, an Android phone? And I'm especially interested in the video component just because, uh, you know, the iPhone has uh, FaceTime and, and that. And, and there's a few uh, video uh, clients that work on Android. I'm just kind of curious if, if you're working on that or not. Well, actually, we are. Um, we have one of our com- commercial customers because there's our business activity behind the Jitsi project. Some of the developers, uh, like many open source projects, uh, work for, for the company that I work for. And we provide custom development on demand to, um, uh, to, to whoever needs it. And one of our customers is working with us in exactly that direction. We would like to uh, have an audio-video solution for Android uh, as soon as possible. We are actually uh, currently buying the, 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 the devices that we would be uh, uh, that we would be testing with. Now, the, we actually get a lot of uh, that question quite often um, because people see, you know, it's Java and Android is in Java, so uh, it kind of matches. But the thing is that that version that we're going to provide for, for Android is probably going to have almost no more than 10% in common uh, with, the, with the desktop Jitsi version because you have to change so many things. Uh, especially you have to completely re- rewrite the user interface. Right. Uh, you have to change the way the separate modules in the application are communicating because uh, there are simply better suited architectures for uh, for Android. We use OSGI for the desktop and that, that works on Android, but isn't really the way things are supposed to happen. Uh, so we would have to rewrite a lot of a lot of stuff there. So uh, I'm I've actually taken a question from the uh, chat room. By the way, we have a live chat room going on while we're taping the show, and it actually reminded me that uh, you mentioned earlier that Blink was one of these uh, tools that does this same sort of SIP communication stuff. And one of the things that Blink also does is it acts as a soft phone. In other words, I can connect up to a a, a SIP uh, registration service, or maybe uh, maybe like um, uh, well, I used to I used to hook up to Google Voice, or not Google Voice, but uh, the one before that. What was it? Uh, Grand Central, and I had a phone number that people could call me in, and it would actually ring through to my Blink client or my Google Voice or my, my sorry, my, uh, I keep getting those mixed up, the um, Grand Central client. Uh, would would uh, Jitsi replace that? Does it have uh, soft phone capabilities? Of course, yes. It would do, um, it has all the features that, that most of the, uh, uh, most of the SIP phones do. You can do call transfer, conference codes, uh, co- put, put people on hold, uh, transfer them. I already mentioned that. Yeah, basically it would act as your, uh, it would also act as your regular soft phone. You just have to connect it to the right service. Now, does that also include in-band DTMF? Because I know it has to be yes, able to generate actual well, tones. It includes one of the, it includes two ways of sending DTMF. Uh, one is the, um, uh, 
sending DTMF packets within the RDP flow. Uh, this is uh, RFC 2833 uh, that was recently updated by 4733, I believe. And you can also <laughs> send DTMF uh, using SIP info packages. Uh, it's it's up to the user to configure. We we try to detect it, whatever the service supports. Uh, so yeah, 99.9% of the cases, one of the two would work. Uh, wow, that's cool. So, and another thing I know that's important, especially these days, is the idea of wideband audio. Do you support the wideband audio codecs? We do. We do. We have support for G722. Mm -hmm. uh, which can work in uh, says kilohertz, but 16 kilohertz. I get my language is mixed up. And uh, um, we also have support for speaks, uh, which can work in 16 and 32 kilohertz. So uh, you can have, you definitely can have wideband audio with, with Jitsi. Wow. So I could do an audio conference with wideband using yes. GTalk? Using GTalk? Yes, you can. No, so uh, I... okay. So it's a little bit more complicated there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Google, um, Google use uh, indeed XMPP, uh, and they've been great about that. I'm really happy uh, about the way they're using, and not, and I'm not the only one, about the way they're using uh, XMPP. Besides, they allow you to connect to their service uh, from other servers. So one of you could be connected to Jabber.org, the other one could be connected to Google, uh, to Gmail, and both of you would be able to exchange message messages and call each other, which is not what Facebook is doing, for example, because in Facebook, you cannot send messages to other servers, only between Facebook uh, users. And so the XMPP way of doing uh, audio video calls is called Jingle. Um, and actually, Google contributed, uh, I believe, um, uh, substantial effort to, to the standardization of that uh, of that protocol. They mm -hmm. did it uh, in collaboration with the uh, with the XMPP Software, Software Foundation, uh, where other companies also participated. But when they actually rolled their Google Talk service, uh, Jingle wasn't ready yet. So the so the actual Google Talk service uses. Um, a variant of Jingle, an early version of Jingle that was later improved by the by the Standards Foundation, but that is not the same. So right now, if you and I uh, are connected to Java services uh, like uh, Google or and Java.org, we would be able to talk directly um, as long as we're both using Jing uh, Jitsi or other Jingle compliant applications. Mm -hmm. Right now, we don't yet support the Google variant of Jingle. We are currently working on it. It should happen within weeks. You would be able to talk uh, the, the web version of the Google Talk client from within Jitsi. So that would also work uh, within within a weeks or a month maximum. Okay. Uh, how about uh, echo cancellation? Can I use this in a speakerphone mode? Yes, you can. We do have echo cancellation. We used, uh, uh, there's an, um, an echo canceller in Speaks. Uh, that that does a very good job, uh, but it's very tricky to use too because you have to uh, you have to you know you know how an echo cancellor works. You from from one point you feed uh, the audio that you get from the network and uh, and that you're about to play, and then on the other side you feed the uh, the audio that you got from the microphone. And the echo cancellor is supposed to take out the part that came out of your speakers and went back into the microphone. Uh -huh. um, so uh, the speaks echo cancellor does that very well. Uh, as long as you, as long as you synchronize really very well, uh, the, the streams that you're feeding into it, if you do mm -hmm. that properly, then uh, which is what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so if you do it properly, uh, it does a great job. Well, there, there is some residual echo every now and then, but it's generally uh, more than usable. 
Okay, well, so one of the things, I'm, I'm just seeing practical applications here. Just my, my I'm, ideas just popping into my head all the time. One of the things that happens here at Media Temple at work is that everybody, of course, has, is on Jabber. There's a local Jabber server that we have here. And every day at 1130, um, the group that I'm currently assigned to has a scrum meeting. Well, the, they let a lot of people work from home. And so often what will happen is they'll all dial into some free, not free world dial, but there's a free conference, free conference calls, uh, external mm -hmm. device. And we'll all call mm -hmm. into that. So that we can have the group that's locally here actually be able to chat with the two or three people that are VP and in today. Are you saying that I could play, replace that entire setup with using Jitsi at this end, using Jitsi for the people calling in at home? Since they already have a Jabber presence, they could just uh, connect back and forth. Yes, you can. As long as you can establish a direct call between two Jitsi instances, uh, you can include that Jitsi instance, Jitsi instance into a conference call that you're hosting. Now, there is a, an asterisk here, and okay. it is that... Um, we're doing the mixing on your old computer and we're using your bandwidth to send audio to, uh, to all the other participants. So you would be limited by that. We don't, uh, Jitsi doesn't limit the number of participants you can have in a conference call, but when you start going be, be, uh, above eight or nine, uh, your processor is probably going to be a little bit uh, to get into difficulty. Um, if, you, if, your, if your bandwidth, if your upstream bandwidth uh, is limited, then uh, maybe you wouldn't be able to send all the uh, all the streams to everyone participating participating in the conference. Uh, in, in these cases, you can you can use um, online solutions um, like uh, you know there's the uh, the VoIP users conference, for example. They're using an internet service that allows you to do uh, to do exactly that to use SIP clients and connect to to an internet um, hosted uh, provider. But if if you're having if you're having a number of participants that can be handled by your computer and by your bandwidth, then you should you should be totally fine with Jitsi. There's typically only about three people that are out out of the group of ten, so we'd have one locally to, where we'd all just speak into it. Uh, we have like a, a public mic that we're all just standing around, and then the other two or three would have their own Jitsi instances uh, down below. And since they're all VPN in, they they can all see each other's machines anyway, so it actually should work pretty well then. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. And now we actually host our own Scrum meetings uh, using Jitsi's conference capabilities every week. Wow, very cool, very cool. Okay, this is exciting then. Uh, since you mentioned Asterisk, so this does all the right call setup and stuff to be a soft phone with, with a typical Asterisk installation? Yes, sure. We, we do have a, an in-house Asterisk that we, uh, that we use. And actually, if there's an Asterisk instance here, could it serve as the audio mixer? Can I... Could everybody call into a local Asterisk instance and have the mixing happen there? Sure. And actually, that um, that doesn't really require any special capabilities from Jitsi because uh, from Jitsi's point of view, this would be a regular one-to-one -one call. So absolutely no problem there. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I've, I've got some people I've got to tell in about 20 minutes about how to get this done. <laughs> this is really exciting. Um, I'm curious about how, the, and this is more, not so much about Jitsi, but just about uh, VoIP protocols, because I'm sure you're definitely an expert in it by now. Uh, how do these things deal with, and this is the question I alluded to at the beginning of the show, how do these things deal with like loss of packets? How do they get resynchronized back to being still a, a conversation? Um, well, the main idea about VoIP is that if you lose packets, then it doesn't really matter because, um, in general, uh, as long as, as long as, of course, you're not losing half of them, because in that case, you wouldn't really be able to get all the data across. But in uh -huh. general, you, uh, a, a UDP packet would, uh, carry about 20 milliseconds of data. 
so if you don't get that, you, you would have your, your um, uh, media engines uh, make up for the loss. Uh, this, is, this is what GTA buffers are about. And um, so that's really not the, the, the complex part about, the, uh, uh, about VoIP, uh, unlike the, the not traversal part. Okay. So, so so let me ask. I noticed that uh, I, I, can, I don't have to ask the obvious question because when I installed this, I saw the GPL come up, GPL version 2.1. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so I don't have to ask what license this is, but um, how big is the size of the community that works on this? Do you work on this by yourself or you know, how many developers are there? Do they specialize in various protocols or various areas? Do you get contributions in from the community? Talk about how that works. Uh, sure, it's actually LGPL, um, but yeah, it's under LGPL 2.0. We have, um, well, there are uh, three types of contributors. Uh, there are contributors that work on Jitsi uh, daily uh, because this is part of their day job. They're paid to do that. Uh, there are contributors that um, use Jitsi somewhere um, and they did some substantial cont- contributions and they um, come back every now and then, but they're basically doing it uh, because they, they, they feel like it, because they like it, because this is, you know, like a hobby or something. And there are contributors that uh, send occasional, uh, occasional patches uh, um, that fix random bugs or uh, that add tiny features. And we have... Uh, Around uh, six or seven contributors that work full time on Jitsi. Then there are, there are probably around uh, ten more uh, that that would do that occasionally on a on a voluntary basis. And then we have tens and tens and tens, probably more than a hundred people that have just sent occasional patches every every now and then. Oh, that's great. That's good. And so, um, in terms of uh, additional help, I mean, this kind of kind of flows into the next question quite nicely, which is, you know, where are you looking for help right now? I mean, obviously, people can go to jitsi.org um, to take a look at the project. It's a very, very nice little website you've got there. Um, but, but where are you looking for help right now? Is there specific areas? I mean, we talked about Android before. Are you looking for people maybe that specialize in, in Android to come alongside you and kind of help out the project at this point? Um. We are uh, basically anyone who's who's interested in VoIP uh, and knows anything about SIP protocols or about uh, or about media handling, uh, encoding, decoding can help in some way. Um, projects that we um, uh, that we currently have on our roadmap and that we would we would be happy to have people help with are uh, include like for example XMPP file transfer. Um, we would like to support the, uh, uh, because Google have that very cool protocol that allows you to have a TCP like connection over UDP and that allows them to do file transfer in direct, um, in, in end to end connections, even when people are behind nuts, uh, which is very nice. We would like to implement that. We're probably going to do, uh, to do it. So if we had contributors that know how to do that kind of stuff, we, we would just, uh, it would just help us get it in there. Uh, sooner rather than later. And then um, we have, uh, we would very much appreciate help from people that know about port audio, uh, that are uh, experts in in port audio, because we have those, uh, we have that problem on Linux. 
uh, where poor audio in, com in combination with Boost Audio and Alsa would take 100% of your CPU and it completely uh, uh, it would make the call unusable and right. and uh, and hard to hard to hard to handle. So if people know about that uh, know about that that interaction between poor audio and and post audio and Alsa, then that would be very very helpful. We would really appreciate some help in that in that aspect. Yeah. And then it, uh, another question I had was, is there a, uh, we haven't really talked about this yet, is there an idea to uh, monetize this uh, in some way, either by providing support or some other mechanism to actually, you know, bring in some money to help with the, with the development or to, or to start making a little money off the project? Yeah, as I as I said, we I currently work for a company that does that, uh, and uh, many of the other contributors do um, do too. So far, um, the company that I work for is I is the only one that I'm aware of that provides maintenance services and and support around GT. And the way this works is that uh, you know people uh, uh, people that would like to build providers and networks similar to Skype. Uh, would say, you know, there are all those servers around that can work uh, just as they are. I just need to install them on um, uh, on some hosted platform somewhere. And I would like to have a client that people would be able to download. And this way I would have the same thing as Skype. And such people come to us and say, uh, could you please, uh, you know, change the uh, change the name of the application for us uh, so that it would carry the name of carry the name of our network and our logo uh, and this is the, that's one of the common things that we get, uh, that we get asked to do. And then they say, oh, you know, um, we would, Skype is good and we can do everything that Skype does, but in order to be real competition, in order to lure users away from them, we would like to have that feature also inside. Uh, so this is, um, uh, this is also something that we do. Uh, this is actually how we uh, enrich Jitsi because um, almost all of the contributions that we, uh, uh, almost all of the development that we do for such customers is uh, uh, all redistributed under the open source licenses uh, as part of as part of Jitsi. Um, and, and most of the time, actually, providers are, are happy to do that because the thinking is that if if they were able to launch a Skype-like service and so quickly using GT and other open source server software, then uh, the least that they could do is is, is contribute their uh, their features to, back to the community. Well, it sounds like a really great model. And in fact, with the advent of more and more communication happening over uh, the IP networks rather than the uh, traditional PSDNs, it's... Uh, Really interesting. I mean, like like I said, here at uh, here at the company I'm working at, uh, all the phones are soft phones sitting on the desks. All the communications out to the, the real world here are all you know, no more traditional trunks being all done over uh, IP traffic heading outside. So I could see some company coming in and saying, "Here, let's we, we need a we need a soft phone that we can use with uh, your uh, with with our products," and, and you would come along and just rebrand that for them, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, we do always indicate that uh, we do always keep a, a signature somewhere saying that the software is powered by Jitsi.org so that people would come back to the community and help. And uh, uh, but, yeah, I'm also exactly curious. It. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I remember I, I may be misremembering now, but I remember there was some concern about some of the protocols being licensed in a weird way that would make open source projects somewhat incompatible with that. Is there any, is there any protocol concern or licensing concern at this point? Um, I, I don't think, uh, I'm not aware of any. Now, there, there is some concern uh, about codecs uh, because uh, you have codecs like G729, uh, for example, that are um, 
subject to, to royalty fees. And people, uh, especially in the telecommunications world, love to use them. Uh, everyone is in love with G720. I'm not exactly sure why. I suppose it's because it, it, the bandwidth that it uses isn't uh, is, is, uh, is really low. But uh, and that's actually exactly why the ITF, the organization that, uh, that standardizes most of the product, internet protocols, started set out to create a completely free uh, wideband codec so that all open source uh, open source projects can use it and have um, uh, real real good quality in their um, uh, in their media sessions. I know, for example, also that I think that uh, Skype is shopping around the idea of people being able to incorporate Silk, which is their codec, into open source projects. But it, it seemed really restricted, like maybe it was just binary blobs being inserted into Asterisk. Are, are, you, are you having any plans to put Silk into, uh, um, into Jitsi, or is that not going to be as, possible? As a matter of fact, we do. We have one of the um, – uh, we are participating in Google Summer of Code this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the projects that we have is about – uh, integrating uh, a Java implementation of Silk into into Jitsi. Wow, because I know look, Silk is really good for really low bandwidth situations. It seems to scale up and down as the bandwidth, uh, you know, goes up and goes down. Like all, that's all magic to me. It's really like I said, it's not my area, so I'm always like fascinated by it. Um, well, so so if this happens, would uh, would my Jitsi client and your Jitsi client uh, negotiate and say, "Oh, okay, we both have Silk. Let's go ahead and use that." Yes. That's exactly what's going to happen. Wow, wow. So the calls will be almost as good as this Skype call, though we've had a few dropouts today. So I, I, don't I, don't, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the almost part. Almost. <laughs> It'll be better. It'll be better. Come on. Yeah, because your conscience would be, uh, would be free. <laughs> but you still, even with that, though, you still wouldn't be able to call uh, arbitrary Skype clients because they use a signaling protocol that's nothing like SIP, right? Um, yeah, but there is a way around that. Um, Skype have a SIP gateway that you can connect to. Uh, it's uh, SIP.skype.com or something like that. Uh, so you can actually use regular SIP to connect to that to that gateway and call any. Um, I believe you. Uh, I believe you can call. Yeah, I believe you can call any SIP uh, any Skype number from there. Now the the catch. The catch here is that you have to pay four dollars a month right. in order to be able to uh, to connect to that gateway. Right. Yeah. Gizmo let I think used to let you do it for free, uh, but Skype I think has always been a, a pay for uh, uh, service. Yeah, I think they had some kind of an arrangement with Gizmo, uh, but Skype but SIP for Skype is just generic for everyone to use. So yeah. Way cool, way cool. Well, I, 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 we're running out of time, so I just wanted to say, uh, first, thank you for coming on the show. And did we leave anything out that's really important to, for our audience to uh, understand? Thank. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, I, this is really very exciting to me. I've been uh, uh, waiting for that moment all day long. I had my uh, uh, session ready to run uh, like 10 hours ago. Um, uh-huh. so, <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, yep. What else What else could be there? Um I, I would really be happy. Oh, yeah, this would be one very cool thing. I would really be happy to get you uh, whatever you're missing in Jitsi so that you would be able to use it as the official means of communication in Floss Weekly. Well, I'd really like that, too. And, in fact, uh, it's it's always been awkward to invite guests to be on an open source show when they have to use Skype. Right. And so whatever we can do to make it simple for my guests and my co-hosts 
to uh, use open source all the way top to bottom. I'm sure uh, everybody will be aiming for that. So I'll be talking with the cottage about Jitsi and about what we need to get set up. And actually what that means, we finally get Bradley Kuhn on because he's been saying, there's no darn way I'm going to use Skype to be on your show. So (laughs) maybe Bradley will finally be able to be on the show if we can get Jitsi all in place. Yeah. So, uh, if you need if you need to help me with the setup uh, or anyone else in the community, we'd be we'd be there for you. If there's anything missing as features, uh, or if, you, if if there are any bugs that are preventing you from using it, we'd be we'd be happy to work with you on fixing those and and so that it would be a really good alternative for you. Well, our setup's actually pretty simple. We're actually using, as, as you know now, we're using just three or four separate Skype calls into mm-hmm. uh, what essentially providing separate video and audio into the mixing system that happens at the cottage. So we really have a low-tech solution to this. And so Jitsi probably, it's always simple Jitsi end-to-end and being able to have a place to connect up so that the audio and video comes in. So it should mm-hmm. actually be uh, working uh, easily. Yeah, well. Okay, you're good. You you're just need us. to do it. Okay, so again, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. You're inspiring me for things I can do here at work to uh, make it better for them and also, I guess, uh, maybe even improve the quality of how Floss Weekly works. So thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. It's an honor. Great, great. So that was uh, Emil Ivov, I hope that's pronounced closely, uh, who is the head of the Jitsi Project, uh, talking to us about Jitsi. So what do you think, Aaron? Uh, this is really exciting. I, 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 like I said, I haven't looked at this for a while. Um, I didn't even know about the new name. So uh, just running this, um, you know, live since I downloaded it while we were talking. Um, and I think you did too, actually. So, uh, but just just looking at this a little bit, it is really exciting. I mean, I'd love to be able to use this at work. Um, I mean, it would eliminate so many issues that we have, you know, because uh, I work for a very large company, Oracle, and and we have to... Uh, use WebEx a lot of times just to share a desktop. In fact, I got a meeting with someone coming up this week where, uh, well, we have to use WebEx because there's the only, you know, the easiest way for me to show it to you is to, is to use a, a paid service. Um, and, you know, I'm always looking for tools like this that can, that can take the place of those. Um, uh, because it just makes it so much easier when you don't have to go through that third party, when you can run things yourselves and just make it work, especially for a large company, you get great economies of scale. And I'm mm-hmm. also really glad to hear, and I, I know I go on and on about this, uh, but you know, I, I, I'm really glad to hear that they're working on a, on a way to do this on Android because, you know, Android, not just the phones, but also when it comes to tablets, that's going to be a really, really great way to be able to share an experience, talk to someone, um, you know, do a video chat with your family when you're traveling. I mean, that's going to be a really great uh, uh, way to do that. So I really hope that they can get that working in a, in a nice, clean, efficient way. And I'm also, you know, since you mentioned Android, I've got to mention that, I, you know, I have an iPhone and it'd be nice if there was also an iPhone version of this so that I could uh, replace FaceTime and not be locked into having to be on a Wi-Fi network to just to do this sort of, uh, you know, audio video communication. So this would be really cool. I know there are some clients already, you know, for example, Fring and uh, I think now Skype video can work on the iPhone, but uh, it'd be nice to have something that was a little bit more, uh, um, you know, universal in that sense. So, right. yeah, this is, uh, and, and, you know, as I said during the show, I said during the interview anyway, uh, you know, there's. Here I am at work, and everybody's got a soft phone. Everybody's got, um, you know, everybody has to do these conference calls all the time here. And it, it, we have a Jabber server and high bandwidth here, so why not uh, Why not uh, take advantage of all that? So I'm looking forward to uh, telling my client a little bit more about Jitsi. Yep. And sp- speaking of awkward transitions, <laughs> somebody, tw- <laughs> somebody tweeted that today, last this week, and I said, yeah, okay, I'll use that. Sure. Speaking of awkward transitions, let's talk about the upcoming guests. Um, we have uh, next week, we have uh, Philip Brown and Ben Walton are going to talk to us about OpenCSW, which is the... Uh, 
the open packaging system for Open Solaris, and uh, well, there's like three or four packaging systems for Solaris and Open Solaris, and this apparently is just one of them, but it seems to be the one that's gaining some traction in a lot of areas. I hear they're really great people to chat with, so it should be a lot of fun. Dustin Mitchell's joining us uh, in a couple of weeks about BuildBot, which is the uh, something about a Python uh, packaging system, building system. Uh, I don't know a lot about it, but uh, we'll have people in there to talk about that. Matthew Flatt, a few weeks later, joining us on about Racket, which is the uh, a uh, formerly PLT scheme. It's a it's a teaching language. It's, it's a full programming language, but it's designed to make it really simple to just immediately type a few things and get some graphics on the screen so kids can get excited and interested about programming and get it scales all the way up with uh, fancy uh, functional programming, object-oriented programming skills, so you can learn all you want. Really looking forward to this next interview after that. Uh, Kos... Kosuki Kawaguchi, and he's going to yell at me all the times I mispronounce his name, uh, formerly the head of the Hudson Project, which is the build system to make sure that your everything works and everything can be built into packages and, and uh, all sorts of things being used in, in companies all over the world. Uh, uh, Oracle kind of put the clamps down on that. Just don't listen for a second, Aaron. Okay. Oracle kind of put the clamps down on that <laughs> and uh, restricted the use of the name, so he forked the project. Is now calling it Jenkins, and so he is the head of the new Jenkins project. So I want to have, also want to talk a little about the Oracle situation there. Probably won't have you on, Aaron, just so there won't be any conflict of interest. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, probably will have Simon on, though, because I think he can say a little bit uh, more that about be that. Yep. <laughs> uh, Curtis Jewell, uh, one of my fellow Pearl hackers, it's going to talk to us about Strawberry Pearl, which is the version of Pearl that runs on Windows that isn't tied to the PPM system that ActiveState invented. So you can actually do an arbitrary CPAN installation with uh, Strawberry Pearl. It even comes with the compilers to do that. Very cool. And Sitaram uh, Chamarte is going to talk to us about Gitto Lite, which is a uh, hosted Git solution similar to GitHub. It doesn't have everything GitHub has, but it has a lot of the basics. So you can host your own GitHub-like repository within your company to make sure that all the code stays secure and private or whatever you have to do with that, or even most public uh, Git uh, instances, which uh, actually gitolight.org actually is one of those, and this is the source code behind that. A lot of other people on the short list still waiting for back to hear from a few people to put them in, uh, and it's going to be great. I have a really great Q2, and of course, then after we get Q2 over, there's just Q3. We just keep going and going and uh, pulling everything up. Uh, I am going to be uh, uh, in L.A. this week. I already am, and next week I also will be, so if you happen to be in the L.A. area, you can tweet me at Merlin, M-E-R-L-Y-N. I listen to every tweet that comes with my name on it, as many as those are. Um, and if you happen to be in the uh, Pearl Hacker, next week is the LA PM meeting, the Pearl meeting, and I'll be there. Uh, but coming up right after that, I'm out in the New York area for a cruise that leaves the week of May 8th, goes out to Bermuda. I'll have a uh, guest host during that week, I believe. I haven't asked anybody yet, but we'll, we'll probably have somebody. <laughs> but uh, also the... Um, uh, because of that, I'll be in the in New York City area the week of May 3rd. So I don't have a lot of plans yet. I've got one night already allocated, I think one day allocated. But if you want to hang out with me in New York, just tweet me or email me, Merlin at Stonehenge.com, and we'll hook something up. And the following week after the cruise, which will be the week of May 15th, I'm going to be in the Boston area. Similar deal. I haven't been in New York and Boston for so long that I just added a week on each side to this uh, particular trip, as long as I'm heading over to the East Coast anyway. So if you're in the Boston area, again, one of my nights is taken. I think part of one day is taken already, but uh, tweet me, mail me, whatever you want to do, and we'll hook up. Maybe we'll have some sort of uh, arbitrary tweet up or something out in there. Uh, uh, again, follow me on Twitter, M-E-R-L-Y-N. And Aaron, where can we find out more about you? So pretty much all the all the popular services, if you just add Aaron Newcomb, all one word, twitter.com, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, whatever. Of course, you can always go to uh, my website, which is thesourceshow.org, and look for more upcoming episodes there. Or just go to AaronNewcomb.com, and you can see pretty much everything that's going on. 
Very cool. And uh, I hear the music coming up, so I guess it must be time to say what we always say at the end of the show. We'll see you again next time on Floss Weekly. <laughs>